Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today in the Above180.com podcast is Lenny Borsch, Jr. Lenny is the owner of Bowler's Choice Pro Shop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He has three PBA 50 Tour titles and seven medals at the World Bowling Senior Championships as a member of Senior Team USA. Borsch is also a three-time USBC Open Championship titleist. Lenny, it's Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, hey, thanks, Tim. Glad to glad to be here to talk to you. All right, well, Lenny, I thought we'd get you on. You had a 784 in singles. You are currently the leader at the Open Championships and the singles event. Let's kind of work our way through things, though, before we get to singles. Team, you have a very talented team, and you guys kind of struggled a little bit, and team, I guess, struggled for, for your standards, I'm guessing. What do you thought, what was making team a little more tricky for you guys, in your opinion? Um, the answer is, I think we kind of, watched the uh, team the night before i think we probably started with too much surface trying to trying to put a hook spot in the lane and i think it was already there i think we probably just kind of moved things around and guys started jumping all over and it was probably the first time first time i've seen a team event where nothing really got defined to, to play you know so it was definitely definitely a struggle for all of us and um you know, I think we all got out, got out of whack, you know, trying to make things happen. And um, the two guys that bowled good on the companion team were the younger kids. They both threw a little harder. But they kind of out overpowered it. But it seemed like the front end just kind of hooked early on us and kind of threw us all out of loop. And us guys not being big high rev guys and, and crankers, you know, it was just kind of, you know, he swung at it, hung out there, he got it in and hooked. So it was just, I don't know, we must have just kind of not done something right there, you know. Or use too much ball. Well, I'm it, it it seemed like it seems like when you look at the team scores, they are a little bit lower this year. And I had Matt McNeil on mm-hmm. last week where we talked, and, and Matt had some carry issues. It sounds like did you guys notice that as well? Was team just a little bit tighter? And do you think team was tighter this year than what it was last year in Vegas, or would you compare it pretty similar? I would say it's. I thought it was kind of similar. I would say it actually seemed like it was a little tighter to the right. If anything, you know, last year I know I start out more right um this year it seemed like if you were more right it just didn't recover and it had maybe a little more hook in the left or you know the middle so it seemed like you want to maybe stay away from that 
but I think having the right ball in your hand was the whole key, you know, or making the right moves. But, uh, yeah, that's what I kind of seen. I think I, I just don't think we were probably in the right area of the lane starting out, and then things just got kind of screwed up. But, yeah, compared to last year, last year it just seemed like it definitely developed, you know, and this year I just never seen it develop. We had basically the same guys, too. And when you get five guys struggling like that, you know it's you know it's rough. And I said a few of the guys on the other team was rough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still still trying to figure that one out. Then that was a, that was a struggle. It was definitely a struggle. Last game, I took a, a weaker ball and just kind of just throw it a little straighter and had two thirty. Just to God, I didn't think I was going to get a five hundred. That's how bad it was going. So I bailed out a five seventy with a two thirty five on the end to tell you how bad things were going, but. So I was pretty excited to get out of there with that, actually. Well, and then so then you come back and bowl your minors event singles or doubles rather. You again struggle a little yeah. bit, and then but singles you you pop off a seven eighty four. What was the, yeah. the 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 transition seemed to be good for you then? What was it about the transition that it, it just opened up a little better and you guys played them a little you know played them right and you know a little better yeah, I mean, in, in doubles. Doubles, I actually, doubles. I actually was came out with the front seven. I actually thought, oh boy, this is going to be a good day. I had a really good shot, and then all of a sudden I left pocket seven ten, and then uh, you know a strike a week ten for two forty. So I'm like, okay, this is that's all right, you know. Then I get back, I leave a flat ten on the right lane again, a strike, a pocket seven ten, a strike, a pocket seven ten. I'm going, my God, it's a fifth frame. I got seventy to fifth. I'm bowling a pretty good game. And uh, my buddy Tom Hess was in for the Masters watch. I go, what are you seeing? He goes, I don't know what to tell you, you know. And I mean, I just and I tried every ball and I couldn't get it to get up the hill to carry on the right lane just killed me and then you start trying stuff and i missed a couple spares and, and the next thing you know, i got 590 something and i actually really had a good look and so then i started just going through every ball in my bag trying to figure it out i move in i i just don't have enough hand to get it to, to do anything and then finally i got a little I, I i looked at my son and i said jake i go these are the two left i got to try he says well i'll try that one dad I decided I was going to go to just, I was just at that point, just trying to maybe save face and get an 1800 all events. So I was about 30 under going into singles. So I said, I got to try something. So I had strike and then another two, eight or something. And I, that's when I asked him, he said, I try that one. I went there. I said, I'm going to throw hard and right at the pocket. And next thing you know, I got 18 in a row. It was just a freak thing. It wasn't even really just, I almost kind of overpowered it. It was something I've gotten a little better at is going pretty hard and straight. And uh, for some reason, it really worked. Really worked for for the singles. Unbelievable. Okay, so kind of weird how I was carrying. So you said you've been been back back in Wisconsin now, contemplating what you may have done different, like we all do when we head out there. If um, if sure. we don't score sure. like we had thought, but what did seem to work well in the Storm Roto Grip lineup, and what advice would you have for folks out there who are heading out to um, out to Syracuse? Well, the best advice you know, is always you know bring your spare ball and practice your spare. That's number one and foremost. Um, definitely. I mean, what I've seen was symmetrical balls with a little surface on them, you know, pretty much the normal, normal, normal thing. I don't think you want to get too much surface. Cause then I think you lose the carry. You get something to, it'll, it'll bleed out a little bit too much. Um, but definitely more controllable layouts, more controllable balls that, you know, um, what I had luck up with was and most of us guys, a lot of us are throwing a storm rotor line, but Definitely the phase two, the rotor grip idle, and then the tour IQs were looking pretty good. A few of the guys are throwing the codexes, and then uh, Gus Gus had some luck with the Sherlock. So a lot of solids. I actually had a little luck with the um, the last game of team. I had went to a Sonic IQ Sonic that worked pretty good. But that was kind of what I kind of seen. Um, the typical solid symmetrical balls. 
uh, a lot of pin down layouts, few pin ups, you know. Um, but yeah, that's just the more smoother stuff. So it's a little slower response off the friction. To pretty much the normal you'll see at the nationals, what you want, or any kind of sport shot. You don't, you don't want the skid flippy stuff until later and later in the day. You know, nothing, nothing unusual that you wouldn't use any other year. Yeah. So uh, again, Lenny Boris joining me on the Above One Eighty dot com podcast. So Lenny, let's talk about it. You own Bowler's Choice Pro Shop, and um, yes. and a lot of there's this kind of this ongoing thing and, and debate, I guess, or even sometimes discussion about how much should bowlers really know about their equipment and what it does. I, I mean, the drilling layouts and how much should bowlers get involved into that technical aspect of it, as opposed to coming to you and saying, here's, you know what I have, here's what I need. Here's where I'm going. What do you suggest? You've seen me throw a ball. What are your thoughts on well, that? I think, well, I think everybody now, I mean, that's obviously what I get paid for in here to help people and try to get them the right, arsenal and for the league player tournament player or whatever you know so you obviously want to rely on your your pro you got confidence in them but i think you also want to know you know i mean there's a lot of information online nowadays a lot of people know what they want when they come in um i always say this all the time you know it gets really technical out there with the dual angle layouts you know and the degrees and the pin buffers and all that but i think uh, as good bowlers know most of them that come in the guys that have been going in that they kind of know what they want you know, I want, I want to hear, I want to pin here. I want CG here. I want to wait. hole. you know, I don't want to wait. hole. you know, so that, that definitely makes my job a little easier and I'll give them my two cents or they'll ask my advice and I'll definitely go with it. But I think, you know, surface adjustments are obviously the big key also, but, uh, yeah, the guy that doesn't go there much. Yeah. We definitely got to definitely got to help him out a little bit more and take a look at what he's got and try to point him in the right direction for, for the setup, you know, and, and it's very hard when you don't know what the patterns are out there, you know, it's, Fortunately, I go a little earlier, you know, for helping some of my customers out, you know, but uh, it's still never, you just never know, you know, I mean, you just don't know how they're going to break down or whatever, but you want to have them bases covered, I think. And that's where, where your pro, pro shop guy can definitely maybe point in the right direction. I mean, there's definitely guys who would come in and say, no, don't even bring that, don't even bring that, you know, so that's where your pro could probably help you out for sure. Well, yeah, with the um, the limited choice of people traveling, you know, if you right. drive, if you're driving, it's a little more flexibility. But if you're flying, you really don't want to fly with over six. And like you said, a, well, spare, a spare ball is a necessity. I'll tell you what, Tim, I, I went out there. We drove. I brought like ten, and that and that was maybe a good thing in a way. But sometimes my best tournaments have been when I only bring five or six. Sometimes I think you get so confused. You know, you get too many. You got too many choices. Sometimes you know, you know, real time, you got to just kind of make something work. Sometimes, but. You know, but you want to have that at least like four balls that do different stuff, and you know what I mean. You don't you don't want too many choices out there because then it gets kind of confusing too, especially especially when it's a sprint, basically you know nine games and that's it. So that's my opinion. I always like when I could go with like six bowling balls. This year I brought seven. One day eight, which I can't lie, to eight the number eight probably saved me a little bit, but you know normally. Uh, Normally, I don't think you want to get too much confusion, and plus they're awfully hard to pull around there, especially when you get my age. <laughs> All right. Well, there's been a lot of lot of changes going on with the USBC Open Championship. Started really, you know, we can go back a couple of years back when you had mentioned we used to watch the live streams, and a lot of people use those as information as well to help kind of gauge what they should bring and what they shouldn't bring. So the changes have really been going on, you know, for a while now and now the latest change yeah. regarding team restrictions and who can be on what team etc been a lot of talk a lot of discussion 
I know I believe if, if we're correct in saying your team is not affected by that. But what what is your thought to some of that and some of the new rules that we're going to see and um, and ultimately what the USBC is trying to do in your opinion? Um, you know I haven't really read too much on it. I've been kind of really busy in here getting ready to hit the road and busy in my shop here. But I mean everybody's got their opinion on it. I like a lot of things that I've seen go on. You know I thought there needed to be changes in the tournament, no matter what. Um, I can't say as far as the eligibility rules, I totally understand some of it. Some of it I don't. Um, probably one that kind of, I, I I don't know, it was a college bowler rule. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, my, I watched my son bowl college for four years, and there's some college bowlers that are really, really good that are pro material, and there's some that, that, that aren't, you know. Um, there's a lot of club teams, you know. So, I mean, them to classify them as a pro, if I'm, if I'm reading that right, um, that's kind of odd to me a little bit, but. I don't know what is the answer, you know, what is the secret to, to do it? I mean, I, I personally, and I'm going to voice my opinion and a lot of people might not like it, but I thought, I thought basically the tournament was definitely favored a higher average bowler for many years. It was just benefited someone to load a team and go there and bowl. And, and I seen it in my pro shop business, cause this is my business that a lot of guys that, you know, were the 200 average bowlers that would go there and have a good time and, and, and finally realized, you know, we can't compete, especially when the brackets stuff and, you know, and all that came around, you know, and it, I, I think we lost a lot of those, those teams. And maybe some of the reason was going to Reno a lot and not going to the different places. But if you really think about it, a scratch tournament like that. So I kind of, I kind of like the, the, having the other division now, whether I would agree on what's the right average, who knows? I mean, this is all new too for everybody. And I'm sure everybody's trying to figure the right way to do it. But I mean, if you think about it though, I mean, there had to be some kind of change, I think, to try to attract more entries. Just my opinion. Well, yeah, and um, and I know there's a lot of concern, a lot of people talking about PBA titles, and if you've won a PBA title, say, 25 years ago, it counts the same as the guys out there now that are winning on tour, and so there's, there's, yeah. there's some of that, and that's kind of tricky, and like you said, someone who was on Team USA 25 years ago as well, the resources weren't there like they are now for, for yeah. Team USA and for everyone being able to go down to Arlington, et cetera. So it's definitely yeah, that, that, it's an that interesting comment. Either. I, to me, if you've been bowling, I don't know why, you know, I mean, that's to me, it should be like, maybe there should have been like a grandfathered in clause or something, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, it's, 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 man, that's a tough one there. That's definitely a tough one. Well, I know one of the things what they're trying to do is they're trying to get some of these teams that had these better bowlers like we're discussing and and the higher average players to form their own teams. Um, Right. Have you seen that happen, though, on a local level? Because I'm sure back in Wisconsin, I know here in Arizona, we have some cap leagues and you have some leagues where if you're you know, your average is too high, you have to break up. I've seen it work in some cases, and then other times I've just seen the guy say, you know, we're just going to go bowl something different because these are my buddies, and I like bowling with them. I, I don't really want yeah. to break up my team. Yeah, that's a, that's the a hard part. Like, like you know, Jeff Jeff's Rickles' team, you know, they've been bowling together a long time, and then they had to make some changes. Now they got to make another change. You know, that's kind of not right either, you know. Um, I, understand, I understand some part of them wanting to kind of – make the playing field or, you know, with the, with the rule changes and all this, I, I do understand some of it, but a lot of it, I don't, and I don't know what to really say on it. I mean, it's, it's a, I don't think anybody knows what to say right now. There's a lot of people happy by it. And there's a lot of people upset by it. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people are happy. Ah, that's good. They, 
these guys shouldn't all bowl together. And, you know, I'm not pointing out one team, but, you know, low enough teams for that. I mean, I, to me, I guess the solution would be to go to maybe go to like a classic division again or something like that, like they did years and years ago. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the secret is, but I know they had to have some kind of change because it was starting to kind of lose something, you know, um, what's your thought on it? I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's yeah, a, that's, everybody has an opinion, I guess. Right. Everyone does have an opinion on it. And, um, and ultimately, I, I kind of like the way Matt McNeil put it last week on the show. He said, time will tell if it's going to work. We'll see. In, right. And now Vegas next year, people always assume that people, especially if they're like, I don't really want to go to Syracuse. So they may have skipped that mm-hmm. year, but they want to go to Vegas. And so they right. might see an uptick there. But ultimately, the time will tell if the rules stay in place, you know, if they stay in place after Vegas. Yeah. And there's always just that crew of people that just go to Vegas because it's Vegas. So um, so we see that. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because you got to look at you. Here, you get two former pros, you get two college standouts. Their amateur status, you know, they're basically all five pros. And you know, year to make years of the Mega Buck tournaments, a lot of those guys are really pros. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it's just a really. I guess they all always had good loaded teams for years. Was, you know what I mean? I mean, they really have. I mean, a lot of guys were amateurs, weren't considered pros, that were making more money in the pros years ago, but they were able to bowl together. You know, so, I mean, you can look at all different ways, what's, what's right or wrong, you know, uh, all I know is, you know, you, we need a governing body to support, you know, our game and we need that tournament. And I think we need, we need to support them somewhat here and see, then let it play out and see what happens. Couple quick things before we go here, Lenny. I know you're affiliated with High Five Gear, so we're going to talk about them for a quick moment as they are also one of the fine sponsors of the Above180.com podcast. So, again, please go check them out. H5GBrands.com is their website. Lots of great stuff there. Going to see all their jerseys. You want to look sharp on the lanes like Lenny? Maybe you're heading out to the Open Championships. I know a lot of people still bowling state tournaments, but you can get a jersey there. You can get one however you'd like it to be. Thousands of designs. No hidden artwork fees. There's no fees. What you see is what you're going to get with these folks. They do a great job. And actually, if you use the promo code ABOVE180 at checkout, you'll get $20 off that order. Do a team thing, get maybe some team jerseys for a tournament for the Open Championships, perhaps. But again, check out hi5gbrands.com. So it's h5gbrands.com is how you can find them. Lots of great designs. You can be as flashy as you want. You can do all sorts of different things. Choose the artwork. You choose what's on your jersey. h5gbrands.com. That's h5gbrands.com today. And also, BowlingThisMonth.com. Make sure you check them out. Bill Semsrat and his crew do a great job over there. Bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. BowlingThisMonth.com. Lots of great stuff there. I have to remind folks, if you're heading up to Syracuse, you have a chance. Head over, see Rick Ramsey at at the BTM tournament. Lots of great stuff there. You can bowl that tournament. I know that's a thing that I always love to do. A lot of people love to go bowl that. So go bowl that tournament. Uh, Great event. Rick and his wife, Gail, do a great job, so check that out. Also check out the website, seeing the ball reviews on your left-hand side. Lots of great coaching advice, how to, how to lay out your equipment, how to help you with stuff, how to improve your physical game. I'm seeing a piece right now on the website about that. Again, check out all that stuff right at BowlingThisMonth.com. All right, well, Lenny, let's move on here. Talk about your game. You've had some success sure. on the PBA uh, 50 Tour. What are your plans for that this year? Are we going to expect to see you out and about doing, uh, doing some of those events? Is that what you're preparing for as well? Yeah, absolutely, Tim. Um, yeah, I leave next week for Florida. I'll go down and hit uh, the two Florida and, and um, 
in uh, Charlotte, Marsville, North Carolina, and then uh, they go to New York. I'm not sure if I'm going to make that one. It's kind of tough for me to be gone too long. And then uh, so the ones I probably plan on bowling all of them, but I might might not quite get to New York, uh, Long Island tournament, and Brownwood, California. It's just kind of a kind of a weird weird stop kind of before the super senior, which I can't bowl and that. So it's just be kind of a long time. So I might just kind of skip that and then just pretty much hit all the rest of them. Awesome. Well, let's, um, let's wrap up our time here. I do, I started doing this thing where it's the 10th frame, just three kind of quick, yes, no type answers, uh, to the questions here. So, uh, first question on on that is, um, (laughs) true or false. Uh, a team will shoot 3,400 this year in Syracuse. Um, I'm gonna go false. Okay, currently leading is thirty three twenty two. So, um, so you think that I'm gonna go false on that one? Okay, eleventh um, frame. Over or under teams are gonna see in Vegas next year? Uh, I said at ten thousand. That's about the same number they had last year. Or yeah, yeah, last year in, in uh, at South Point. I'm gonna say over. You're gonna say over. Okay, twelve frame. The best place to grab dinner in Syracuse when you were there. Uh, dinosaur barbecue by far went there three times. Only got to eat once. It was so busy and good. And, you know, we just didn't have time to wait, but three times went there, only got to eat there once. And it was phenomenal. And if it's too busy that one day we didn't want to wait cause we were hungry. We went, went across the street and there was a pizza place that's from the same owner. And that was phenomenal too. Right, right next, right across the street. So the dinosaur barbecue, definitely, definitely a must, must, must. Thank you, Lenny, for that great food tip and all the best of luck on the PBA 50 Tour coming up next week.